This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Sex, money, eternal life. Who, who wouldn't sign up for a cult that uh, sells itself on those yeah. principles? You're going to be rich, you're going to have sex, and you're going to live forever. What, yeah. who's, this is, this is, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's basically you're, you're selling people on becoming vampires. Hmm. Yeah, but without the blood sucking. Gamble on, fellas. Gamble on. (laughs) Welcome again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, U.S. Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by my co-host, U.S. Bets Senior Analyst Jeff Edelstein. This week on Gamble On, we'll talk Cease and Desist, Stream and Bet, Glitch and Void, and America's favorite three-word phrase with an and in the middle, Bagels and Locks. And we will also be welcoming ESPN Daily Wagers' Joe Fortenbaugh to talk about the Dolphins, responsible gambling, and of course, Taylor Swift. But first, as always, Eric, plenty of news to discuss. Let's get to it. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling. I'll note to kick off the news segment that the biggest news of the week is probably the fact that Kentucky launches mobile sports betting today, but there's nothing to discuss about it yet, so figure that may be a news item on next week's pod. Uh, This week, our top story is actually... Two separate legal stories rolled into one, both taking place in Florida. First, the drama surrounding whether and when the Seminole Tribe will relaunch Hard Rock Bet continues on, with the paramutuals filing a writ quo warranto with the Florida Supreme Court on Tuesday, which experts agree should at least stall the Seminoles for a while from relaunching. So that's what's happening with Florida sports betting. As for Florida fantasy sports play, that's suddenly in doubt. Uh, as you wrote about, Jeff, for our friends at Roto Grinders, the Florida Gaming Control Commission sent cease and desist letters last Friday to Underdog, Prize Picks, and Better, three companies offering Pick'em games, the legality of which has been much debated of late in a variety of states. As far as we know, companies that offer DFS rather than Pick'em games didn't get the same letters. And the word is these companies will continue to offer Pick'em games in Florida for now while this situation gets sorted out. Jeff, what the hell is going on in Florida? Are the people there going to be able to do anything sports gambling related anytime soon? Yeah, I guess Florida, Florida, you know, being Florida, right? Um, so I spoke with Daniel Wallach, lawyer, uh, for a story that I'm working on right now. He's pretty well convinced DFS is going to survive in Florida, uh, basically saying that, you know, uh, recent court decisions elsewhere proving to be the de facto law here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, can Florida politicians do something and, like, craft legislation? They can. You know, I, I guess I'm not holding my breath for that to happen. A bigger fish to fry, probably. But who knows, you know? Um, and as for the pick style games, again, you know, unless the legislature starts ra- writing bills, I think everyone's going to be okay for the time being. 
uh, you know, underdog prize picks better. Nobody's they, they haven't pulled out of Florida, right. so I don't I wouldn't expect them to anytime soon. Uh, as for the Seminoles and sports betting, I mean, come on, who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's you know, who uh, seriously? I mean, nobody right. knows, you know. But I, I am I, I am the the physical embodiment of the shrugging shoulders emoji right now. Okay, uh, yeah, the, the, I mean that it's probably best to address that topic quickly and honestly, and just say. Nobody knows. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, some of, you know, there are some some law professors who at least have some theories. Um, like, you know, uh, Jill Dorson's done a great job covering these Florida sports betting developments on Sports Handle. And this week she quoted our recent podcast guest, Bob Jarvis, a uh, constitutional law professor, saying the latest filing by the paramutuals will be, quote, no more successful than the federal lawsuit and actually has less merit but it will continue to keep the Seminoles on the sidelines for at least a while. So, so that seems to be what we're looking at here. Um, yeah, there are differing opinions on how this ends. The aforementioned Dan Wallach isn't quite aligned with Jarvis, although uh, Dan is also down on the chances of this Florida Supreme Court filing working because he said it's a stacked court in favor of DeSantis, so they're going to side with him and the Seminoles. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the end, the experts all just seem to agree that this is mainly a stall tactic. But to what end? As you said, n- nobody knows. The goal for now just seems to be prevent to prevent Hard Rock Bet from launching again, particularly soon in Florida. And everyone seems to agree that's going to work for a little while. Um, I want to give a shout out to our friend Dan Bach for hightailing it out of Florida when he did and moving to Tennessee. Huge upgrade from a sports gambling perspective. Um, I know you're saying it doesn't sound like they're actually going to take away DFS in Florida, but if they did, I mean, that is brutal for a lot of people, which has me thinking of a, a hypothetical for you, Jeff. And, and it's not realistic at all. Uh, right. New Jersey is such a pronounced gambling friendly state, but, you know, things can change. Put a few fascists in charge in New Jersey and anything can happen. So so just hypothetically, if New Jersey bans DFS and sports betting, any chance you move or, or you just stay put and find new hobbies? Uh, I wouldn't move today because I'm not going to like rip my kids out of their school. I'm going to answer this very seriously. I'm not joking yeah, yeah. here. Okay. I, I, I would not move because I'm not going to rip my kids like away from their friends, but I definitely would travel to another state uh, like every day or Saturday to like, right. you know, get my contest like, you know, in, um, one week season, uh, the DFS site, uh, former Roto Grinder uh, writer J.M. Toline, I think I'm pronouncing his name, J.M. To Win, everyone knows him as. Oh, yeah. Every every week he posts on Twitter. He lives in Oregon, and he flies to Oakland to you know get his contests in. You know, and you know he enters his contest and then builds his lineups back home. I would do the same thing. You know, wow. Uh, but no, I, I, the idea of not being able to play daily fantasy sports. I mean, I. I I think I'd sooner give up a kidney to a stranger. <laughs> okay, so uh, so not not even putting the topic of moving on the table. It's not it's not worth that. But as long as as long as some neighboring state still has it, you'll you'll find a way. That's crazy that he actually f- takes a flight every yep. week. Uh, he must be very confident in his uh, ability to come out ahead by enough to make that worthwhile. Um, I, I I can't tell from the wording of these cease and desist letters whether DFS is is targeted or not but i again hypothetically 
boy, it would be ironic if DraftKings and FanDuel pushing the narrative in other states that pick'em games are illegal, if that leads in some kind of roundabout way to DFS getting banned in a huge state like Florida. It would just be a fun, ironic twist. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but I, you know, I've been talking to a ton of people about this, and it's uh, it, who's behind this in Florida? Is it? Is it DraftKings and FanDuel? Is it the Se- I think it's the Seminoles, honestly. I, you right. know, or I think it's 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 you know I think if I had a if I had a bet, this gambling podcast, I would right. say that it would be this is more Seminole related than uh, you know other daily fantasy sports operator related. But right. who knows? Right. Uh, yeah. That the perfect two words to end on. Who knows? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it? <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Um, our second story concerns a sports betting controversy, the likes of which we haven't seen since a young Biff Tannen was handed a copy of Gray's Sports Almanac. You see, like Biff, two weekends ago, customers at Barstool Sportsbook were betting on markets they already knew the outcomes of. Uh, during the Giants-Cardinals game, Barstool's in-game betting odds didn't update as the game went along, so mid-game... You could bet on Daniel Jones to score a touchdown after he'd already scored a touchdown or on a player to hit a yardage prop over he had already hit. Uh, Betters alerted other betters via Discord conversation. Large bets were made in numerous states, and Barstool was asleep at the wheel until finally someone realized what was happening, and then people trying to cash out found their accounts frozen. It wasn't just Barstool. It was also Penn Entertainment Sportsbook in Canada, the score bet as both allegedly had some updates done and then experienced a glitch. Uh, Penn turned to state commissions to get permission to void the bets because this was a palpable error, and the book was granted that permission. The bets were voided, people got their money back, but not a penny more. We've seen many cases of a sportsbook error where the better ultimately gets paid out. But in this case, where there can be no mistaking that the betters knew they were taking advantage of a glitch, no such luck. Uh, Jeff? Your thoughts on the way this was handled, and does it end up doing any kind of PR damage in your view as ESPN prepares to get in bed with Penn? I mean, these bets should not be paid out. I mean, obviously, you know, if I was the book, I'd probably throw everyone a free bet or something just to be a good neighbor. But you know, also, like, can we not be dicks, really? You know, like betting on events on events that already happened. Come on, just <laughs> we know that's come on. Let's not be dicks about this, you know. <laughs> Right. I mean, really, uh, as for lasting PR damage, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, the, the one thing that I, I keep saying, I, every time we ask the question in this industry, do, do you think there's going to be lasting PR damage? The answer is always ends up being, nope, doesn't matter. You know, because we just want to get our bets down. That's all we really want to do. Doesn't matter. Like, you know, I, it, you know, Hitler started a sports book. If he's giving me decent odds, I'm betting with him. I could say it. I'm Jewish. Right, uh, yeah. You know, it's it just, you know. Let's just let's, let's all be cool. Now, having said that, you know, if if somebody posts like a bad line, well, that's on the, that's on you. You know what I mean? Like you you know you, you you drop a zero on a passing yard prop or something. You know, right. I, I'm gonna hit it. But you know that that's fair. But it, it, come on, these these are it already happened. Like it's not right. it's not even a fair bet. You know? Yeah, but the, the two types of errors are not entirely unrelated. Like so, I talked to a friend who 
took part in this. Um, so he, he, you would describe him as a dick. Um, he wants to remain anonymous, understandably, because who would want to admit I'm a dick? Uh, I was trying to take advantage sure. of a sports book glitch and hoping I'd get away with it. But basically, because the sports books in the past ultimately paid out on other palp errors, he figured maybe they'd pay out on this one. That's what like encouraged him to give it a shot. So he loaded thousands of dollars into his barstool account, made big winning bets, withdrew many thousands while the game was still going on and was told the withdrawals were approved. But in the time it takes to actually process the withdrawals, the account was frozen and ultimately the bets were indeed voided. He got his money back and cashed it all out immediately. And that was that even Steven. But the amazing thing, you know, hearing him tell me his story and knowing that Hundreds of bettors were doing the same thing at the same time. It blows my mind that nobody at Barstool caught on sooner. You know, people who normally bet 50 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever are suddenly betting thousands on in-game markets on this one particular game. That's the kind of thing that should last five or ten minutes tops. Yeah, I don't know. Yes. Well, I don't know. Listen, I... mm. <laughs> I so there's there's the, the, what I don't like about it from from like a, a you know do unto others perspective here uh-huh. is that there was no risk okay hang a bad line I'm still risking injury I'm still risking like something could happen you know right. you follow what I'm saying yeah 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 but but this already happened there's just no there's no risk involved right. to me that's not a bet. The, the risk is uh, an outside risk of getting banned by the sports book. That's the risk, risk you're no. taking on. Um, but right, there's no risk of the bet losing. Um, but in, I mean, the, the whole, the wider palp error thing, it remains a real conundrum for the industry. Like this one, it, yeah, it's morally easier to say, nope, void the bets. These bettors were totally trying to get away with a scam. Whereas like the Virginia teacher that we've talked about, he also probably knew he was taking advantage of erroneous odds, but at least there's some wiggle room to say that maybe he just saw a great price and, and thought he was making. But there's risk there. There, he, there. He's still true. True. He's still risk. Even though even though the odds were bad, there's still risk. True. Right? Yes, I, that that is an important delineation, and I think it's why the commissions in this one ruled that yeah, go ahead, void the bets. Um, but it's just. I don't know. There, there is still a certain level of inconsistency. It's like the problem with sports books doing bad beat refunds. There, there's an inconsistency to it, and it sets expectations. And we'll void these Aaron Rodgers bets, but we won't void J.K. Dobbins bets. Um, so, I mean, the bottom line is the books have to figure out how to avoid technical errors or at least catch them really quickly. This, this can't keep happening. Uh, it's just. It's really bad for everyone, even though, as you said, and I agree from a PR perspective, it blew over quickly. It never got too loud. It was basically just a little Twitter talk. So I, I assume ESPN isn't too rattled by this, but it's it's, I, uh, it's you, still an you know, ongoing problem. Now that you mention it, if this happened after the switch over to ESPN bet, I mm-hmm. think it would be I think we'd, it would be a bigger problem. Yeah. It, yeah, I think it would have been a, a bigger story. And, and I think there was a there would be a higher chance of the book say do it at least right. doing what you said of hey we're going to give you some free bets to to make up for this whole mess right. um right. but barstool basically being on the way out what do they care and uh, but pen in charge yeah i don't know uh we've gotten a, we've gotten a little off topic because i you know i led with biff and i and i have to know how quickly would biff tannen have gotten limited in the post paspa era Oh yeah, Biff would be going offshore, no question. <laughs> uh, you know, and and he 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 need 
you know, dozens of beards. I, I, I don't. Yes, yeah, Biff would not, that's that's the big thing. Biff's Biff's got a lot of beards in uh, in this other scenario. You know, is Biff smart enough to 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 navigate this? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Right. Yeah. He's lucky. He's lucky. It came along when it did in 1955. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, our final story this week is about the latest development in the race to build the ultimate all-in-one app, with data provider Genius Sports teaming up with the NFL to create. BetVision. Uh, two sports books, Caesars and Fanatics, are using BetVision, whereby a user can stream certain NFL games in the app as long as they've placed a bet on that game. You can watch and wager on the game all in the same app with what is described as a low latency feed, plus odds information will pop up during breaks in the game. Uh, Bet Rivers also has plans to offer BetVision soon. My initial reaction here, having not tested the product, is that it sounds great for when NFL games are on and I'm not home but would like to watch them and bet on them, but it's less appealing to me when I'm actually at home on an NFL Sunday. But clearly this is the way of the future. So, uh, Jeff, what are your thoughts on BetVision and on how omnipresent this sort of thing is going to be moving forward? Uh, legitimate question, to be clear. If I bet a buck on, like, the Bears-Broncos game, right, from my couch in New Jersey, I can watch it now? On Yep, you don't streaming? even have to bet a buck. Apparently, a minimum 10-cent bet will get it done. Huh. All right, well, that's not a bad deal, you know. Uh, right. Right. It's not a bad So if I any game I want to watch, I can just bet a dime on, and now I got it on my phone? That is apparent. Maybe not any game. It seems that certain certain games are eligible for it. Okay. But but right. and you but then and then you get like the regional feed of that game or whatever. Okay. That's that's all my right. understanding of how it works. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm all for it. Uh, bundle everything up, man. Like, let me do like put my supermarket order in while I'm watching and betting. Uh, bring it on. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> seriously, I'm all. I am like no joke. Like you know, I'm hoping that I live long enough that I could you know insert chip into brain so I could just like Google and chat GPT while I'm, you know, sitting here, you know what I mean? Seriously. Like, yeah, I, I, maybe I'm not the best person to ask about this, bundle it all together. Like for sure. Like, why wouldn't we want this? Right. Yeah. I mean, so I agree. It seems appealing even if I don't need it as much as, uh, as, as some people may, or, you know, I'm, I don't feel like a great desire for it, but I, it's, it's a hell of a deal if there is, some game you particularly want to watch. I, I too, was specifically thinking of Broncos Bears because I figure that's a great example of a game that's not going to be on anywhere but local markets. Right, um, right. But, uh, yeah, and look, you bet 10 cents on the game, that's the cost uh, to, to be able to stream it. That's the cheapest cost ever. Not to mention, you could even come out 9 cents ahead. So That's, that's true. Uh, or or maybe, maybe like, you know, 35 cents, you put a little same game parlay action Oh, yeah, on. there you go. So, um, yeah, I, I it's a, it, there's... No apparent downside to it, I guess I'll say. But I do think the real target audience for this, um, you know, we're part of the audience, but the real target has to be younger betters uh, as there's this whole generation coming up that's spent their entire lives doing everything on their phone. For all I know, they may end up not even having TVs in their houses when they grow up. It's all these tiny little screens. And so make it so they can watch and bet in one app. Great. You know, you never have to leave the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. It's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview. The Houston Texans didn't just upset the Jaguars this past Sunday. They also knocked the mustache right off our podcast guest's face. He's now out of his survivor pool. He's clean shaven. 
He is Joe Fortenbaugh, a sports betting analyst for ESPN's Daily Wager and the co-host of Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Joe, welcome to Gamble On. Guys, it's great to be here. Thank you. Um, you know, two years in a row, I've grown the mustache. I've tied it to my survivor pick. People think I'm upset when I get knocked out, but I coach T-ball for five-year-olds and a mustache isn't a good look with a bunch of parents that have never gotten to know you. Yes. So I think they're all much more comfortable now. <laughs> yeah, you keep yourself off of watch lists just by being right, clean shaven. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so playing off the, the Texans upsetting the Jags with, with the Texans surprising some people this season already with CJ Stroud in the mix for offensive rookie of the year. I'm curious, what's your number one preseason futures bet you wish you'd made like a team or player you didn't believe in three weeks ago? But you're starting to believe now and you wish you could go back and bet them at their preseason odds. See, if you wanted to take the negative approach to this, which is the easy way out, you say something like, you know, you find Aaron Rodgers and you say, I wish I would have gone <laughs> under his passing yards, mm, right? right? That would have been a really, because he, he was technically out there. He played. So those bets will all end up cashing. But no, for the sake of the conversation, because the better way to answer this is which team has surprised you. I mean, it probably starts with Tua Tungavailoa's MVP odds, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting somewhere around 25 to 1. And that wasn't priced that way because we didn't think he could play. And because we didn't think Miami would be any good, it was priced that way because of the injury risk. So you have to weigh that into your accounting, into your handicapping, right? And now here we are three weeks into the season, he's three to one. And the injury risk is gone. You're no longer getting that built into the price. I mean, here we go. He's three to one as if this is going to be the guy the rest of the season. So I wish I had a piece of that. I do because... Again, the injury risk, but that doesn't always mean it's going to happen. Just because it has happened doesn't mean it's going to. Just because it has happened before doesn't mean it's going to happen again. So I love what I'm seeing in Miami. You know, gambling aside, it's just a fun team to watch right now. With with him now at like three to one, obviously, yeah, we all wish we'd gotten in there at 25 to one. But where he is now at three to one and Mahomes around four to one, four and a half to one, I think I'm seeing. Um I personally still think Mahomes is kind of the favorite because the injury risk still does exist. And because, you know, Kansas City's ending up with at least 12 wins, if not 14 or something like that. Do you see Tua as the favorite the way that the odds have him right now? Or do you think Mahomes is still probably the better bet? Based on what he's doing, I mean, yeah, I am I wouldn't bet him at three to one. Because, again, right. back to the narrative, there's the injury concern and we're not getting any of that built into the price right now. So I, it's just one of those... Missed the train. Maybe he ends up closing minus 700 and we look back on this and go three to one would have been pretty nice. But given the state of where we are in the season, the fact that he could go to Buffalo this week and lose and maybe that'll change some things. I'd be passing on that. Mahomes is always intriguing. What we have to consider here when we talk MVP prices are two key criteria. Number one, are you a quarterback, which is pretty much the most important thing, because I believe it's something around 17 of the last 18, 16 of the last 17 have been QBs. Adrian Peterson was the dissenter. And then the other is, are you going to be a one or two seed, specifically a one seed? Because I believe it's 12 of the last 13, 13 of the last 14, something in there uh, has been a one or two seed with most of those being ones. So you can be a really great player, but if you're on an eight win team, we should probably discount you from the conversation unless you're doing something we've never seen before. So wouldn't be surprised if people wanted to buy into Mahomes. You know, I, I, there are still just because you get right against the Bears doesn't necessarily mean everything's fine, but they do appear to be back on track at the moment. Let's go back to the Dolphins and the Bills specifically. Last year they played, you know, their, their two games, 32-29, a little bit of fireworks. I think the other one I think was 21-19, I'm not sure. So based on where these teams are right now, 
based on what we saw out of both of them last week, do you expect a more, you know, a really high scoring game or more defensive minded game this weekend? Or are we going to see a score that reminds us more of a low scoring NBA game? So total sitting around what, like 53 and a half right now. The game's going to be in Orchard Park at Ralph Wilson Stadium. The Dolphins have been on the road twice this season. We've seen them roll up over 500 yards in two or three occasions. They did it week one against um, the Chargers, and then they just rolled up 700 against the Broncos. Let's go ahead and throw those games out if we need to, right? They did play a very good defense on the road in New England in week two. And, you know, what they do, they hung 24 points in that game. Like, they got their number up there. And that's a game where New England's going to try to slow it down. Buffalo's not going to do that. Buffalo's offense can hang a number as well. So it's probably going to end up being a trendy pick. But I I can't find the reason why I would play the under. Unless it was one of those, I'm just going to fade the public here blindly, which is never going to be the best approach. I'm not going to bet the under. I, I, I can't find the reason. I think Buffalo's defense has some flaws. I think this Miami offense is very difficult to defend. Both teams move with a lot of speed. The question would be, would I get on the over? And as of right now, yeah. I, You know what? Sometimes for me, there is an entertainment component to this. Handicapping, of course, but in a game like that that I'm going to want to watch, you want I think it's going to go over. Yeah, and I'd right. like the action on that. That would right. just be fun with some of those props. So I would be looking to the over there, if anything. I looked, by the way, I was wondering, maybe I said, well, maybe, you know, Buffalo, you never know with the weather, even this time of year. I, I saw 75 and sunny last I checked. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Perfect for Miami. Right. Like, if you're the Bills, knowing this is your chief rival in the division, you would love this game to be in December. So I wouldn't sure. be too happy with the schedule makers right now if I was Buffalo. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to suck most of the fun out of the conversation for just a minute here. But uh, since we're nearing the end of Responsible Gaming Education Month, I'm curious, Joe, what what do you think your responsibility is as a member of the sports betting media in terms of communicating responsible gambling to your audience? Like, like how conscious are you when on the air of not saying the wrong thing, not encouraging anyone to do anything reckless? Very conscious. Not so much on the air, but in the preparation leading up to being on the air. Because in the preparation for each segment, for each talking point, that's built into what we're we're going to be discussing, at least for me. Right. We're not going to go out there just because it's Monday Night Football and shotgun a bunch of picks up there just because the graphic looks good. Right. Here's eight props I like. No. no. Now, if I like eight props, you'll see the eight props I like. But you're not going to see stuff that I'm not personally wagering on because I think that would be irresponsible. I'll try to couch it in the discussion if I haven't necessarily made a bet yet. I'll use the word lean. I'll talk Mm. about how well I'm leaning to the side. I'm leaning to the total, but I haven't gotten there yet. I want the viewer to know and understand that if I am making a bet on it, if I'm confident in it, my my own money is going to back that up, right? So I'm not there just to try to steer you in a direction for pure entertainment sake. Here's a bunch of picks, but I don't actually believe in them. that, That just on a surface would be disingenuous. More importantly, I think we could do a better job of this. And I think the industry could as well, but it's not as fun. Just teaching the proper mechanics of bankroll management. And we don't need to get into the Kelly criterion and so many of these other aspects or, you know, what percentage of your bankroll should go into this game based on what your edge is. But let's not get caught chasing. You know, let's not get caught betting outside of our means. Let's not take something that could be fun. And if we're good at it, maybe we could turn it into a couple extra bucks each month and ruin it by putting ourselves in a situation that we're so consumed by what went wrong, we've checked out on our family or we've checked out on our career. You know, I've been guilty of this. I'll be completely honest. There have been times where you you have too much action going on on a Sunday. Uh, Maybe the Sunday night game now takes on added importance because it's the end of the week and you're not necessarily present in the moment with all the other things that are happening. Don't allow that to happen. 
right? You don't want to get so caught up in this that the real world that's happening around you is just kind of background noise for, for this, this Reds Brewers Sunday night baseball game that suddenly is taking on a lot of importance, right? So that that's what I would want to get across to everyone. Keep it within your means because a loss is a loss, but you don't want that to dictate your mood, your attitude, and your behavior for the next three days. Well said. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, I, I I hate that feeling where you know if I I'm a big DFS guy and like if I if, if I'm having a bad Sunday, you know six six p.m. Eastern time rolls around here and I I am not someone you want to be near. Right. You know, I'm not actively mean, but I am like not happy. You know, and it's like I hate that feeling. You know, and I, I try to remember that and try to limit you know the damage that I can do to myself. All right, last question for you. I was going to ask you, what do you think is going to last longer? And I was going to ask you to place odds on it. Uh, your Magnum PI on your face thing or uh, the Kelsey Swift relationship. Um, as it turns out, Kel- you know, cash those Kelsey Swift tickets because you, you shave the stash. But let me ask you this about, about betting and Kelsey and Swift and all this. I, I saw Kelsey's podcast now is like the number one podcast in America as a result of this. His jersey sales have spiked. You know, the Chiefs have always, you know, for the last, you know, five, six, eight years or whatever, the Chiefs have been big betting favorites. You know, people like putting money on the Chiefs. Do you think that we're we're seeing another bump to them? Is it possible that, like, maybe instead of being, like, four-point favorites or eight-point favorites, instead Kelsey maybe instead of being a, you know, plus 105 touchdown prop, all of a sudden now he's going to be minus 150 because, like, there's all this money pouring in as a result of new fans coming to the to, to the game? That's a great question. That's a great question because the Taylor Swift effect is it's real. They should be teaching a class in business. Business school should be focused on this. Her heiress tour, the amount of money it generates for the local economy, how much it generates for her crew. And now you see like the ratings. Look, the, the Chiefs rate, the Bears do not. The Bears do not rate. I mean, that game was an embarrassment and it was the ratings were insane. Obviously, like you mentioned, the jersey sales. So there's definitely an impact here from her fan base. From a betting perspective, that's an interesting question. Now, if if this all started two weeks before the Super Bowl, I would think that maybe we'd see something on the Travis Kelsey props, maybe. But we have to ask ourselves, how many Swifties are actually betters? How many are getting involved in the prop market? How many are in states with legalization? How many are betting enough that if you add it all up, it, it does something? I think with the point spread... It could never get too far out of whack because the the sharp guys are going to come back and bet it the other way. They are going to see when a price is wrong, when a price is overinflated, when a price is underinflated, and they're going to be the true, you know, balance of powers, balance of power, check your power, whatever it is. What what is it with the government, the system of checks? You get the checks and balances. balances. Checks and balances. (laughs) So I gave you half of each in two odd sentences. You were were determined to work power in there somehow. And when I got myself... Got myself towards the end. I was so tied up. I kept thinking, do I just admit I don't know what I'm doing and ask for help, which is what we did. And now we've gotten there. So beautiful. Um, I, I I would say that, yeah. It, so you could be looking at a game where the Chiefs, maybe they should be six and a half, but Swifty money's coming in. Maybe the, the wise guys are going to be looking at that number. And if it gets right. to seven, they'll come back the other way. They will keep it in check. Sure, sure. I, Taylor Swift, though, it's a great name for a football player. I, I honestly... Put Taylor Swift in the Cooper Cup role. She's doing 80 for a thousand, I think. Right. And she's got to be a wide receiver. Taylor yeah, Swift can't 100%. be playing. Like that name plays wide receiver, nothing 100%, else. 100%. Well, you're, not playing, you're not coming off the edge, right, for the Cleveland no. Browns as Taylor Swift. No way. <laughs> I, I live in the Philly area with a 16-year-old daughter who is obsessed with all things Taylor Swift, couldn't care less about football, 
we are contemplating buying her a DeAndre Swift zero jersey. This was the, the only opportunity to ever get her a football jersey she would actually wear. You got to seize upon that. You have I to think seize so. upon that, that if this is your window, you've been waiting. <laughs> you've been waiting 16 years for the football window. Here it is. Take advantage of it. Right. We'll see if the Eagles also sign somebody named Taylor. I'd get it. Bobby Taylor is was past generation, but there's yeah. it's a common enough name. We can find a Taylor, I think. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Joe, it's been great talking to you. Really appreciate your time uh, for all our listeners. You can find him on Twitter at Joe Fortenbaugh. Uh, and of course, uh, watch him on Daily Wager. Listen to him on ESPN Radio. Joe, thanks so much for coming on Gamble On. Gentlemen, it was my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Two men. Two men. $10,000. Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On bankroll. We'll get to bagels and locks shortly, but first let's update our betting bankroll and... I'm going to stall for one more week on tallying our losing MLB futures. And uh, yes, they are basically all losers, but Mm. I'm stalling because we had a winning week on new bets and and I don't want to spoil that. And technically the MLB season isn't over, so we can say the the bets aren't graded yet. Um, We went two for four last week, but we came out ahead. The losers were your Tyreek Hill, Nico Collins touchdown parlay. Tyreek scored early. But Nico didn't. We lost 100 bucks, And the other loser was my three-team tease. The two big favorites did their part, but I was wrong to include the Titans plus 10. We lost $100 on that. However, your three-team teaser won. And very comfortably, uh, the Dolphins covered their adjusted line by 49 and a half. Um, The Seahawks covered easily. And the gambling gods did not punish you for crossing zero on the Eagles. Uh, So that won us a nice $160. And my boxing bet was a winner. Jale Zhang as a minus 120 favorite. He knocked Joe Joyce out in the third round. Much easier money than I realized. We won 75 bucks on that. So for the week, we won $35. We're now down by 2,537. We have 3,076 on hold and futures bets. That leaves us with $4,387 available to bet with this week. And I'm up first. And I'm starting with an all-time, I don't know what the odds makers are thinking, boxing bet. Uh, Saturday in Antalya, Turkey, uh, heavyweight contenders Otto Valin versus Murat Gassiev. Gassiev's 30-1. and one. He's only lost to future Hall of Famer Alexander Usyk. Valin is 25-1. and one. He's only lost to future Hall of Famer Tyson Fury. And Valin was surprisingly competitive in his loss. Gassiev wasn't competitive in his, but regardless, this looks like a very competitive matchup. My initial thought was close to a pick'em, maybe Valin's slight favorite, but the books have Gassiev as a clear favorite. I saw Valin plus 225 at DraftKings. I kept looking, and he was as high as plus 260 at FanDuel. And I just don't get it. I think the bookmakers don't realize how good Valin is. And they're looking at the records, and they're seeing, well, Gassiev's a former champ uh, at cruiserweight, not heavyweight. But uh, yeah, you know, he's held a belt. Valin has not. So Gassiev is the favorite. That's that's the best guess I can muster. But in reality, there's a very even matchup and we're getting plus 260 on Valine. Normally for an underdog boxing bet at this price, I might go 50 bucks to win 130. But this one's just too attractive to me. I'm, I'm doing the full hundred dollar unit, hundred dollars to win 260. All right. I like it. Uh, all right. My first bet is uh, Raheem Mostert uh, over 50 and a half rushing yards at minus 120 at points bet. Give me 120 to win 100. 
Uh, he's hit that number two out of three times. The Bills got gashed by Brees Hall and then blew out the Raiders and Commanders. So I'm kind of throwing those games out because they were not competitive games. Assuming a competitive game, which I am, and then this Dolphins-Bills matchup, I think most are, you know, just sales past this number. I so like I, it. I, I really like that bet. Okay, yeah, I have Mostert on my best ball team. And how cute is it that I get to say I on my best ball team, singular? How adorable is that to someone like you? Yeah, if you win, I will never talk to you again. I'm I'm in the money as of now. Through through three weeks, I'm just a few points out of first place in second place. So I'm, no, uh, no, I mean, feel free to like cash, but if you actually win three million dollars doing this, I, th- I think it's only a million bucks for up top on this one. All right, well, still, I won't talk to you ever again. <laughs> That's fair. What if I gave you a cut? What if I gave you a thousand dollars? Then would you talk to me? Ten, ten k. I'm in. That's the price for talking to me. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. that's yeah. fair. I'll All think right. about it. Let me know. All right. Um, it's a big boxing weekend. Not just the fight that I already uh, had placed a bet on, but uh, the Canelo Alvarez Jermel Charlo pay per view. Uh, Saturday in Vegas. So I, I have a bunch more boxing bets from that card. They're all at long money. I'll try to make them quick. Uh, Canelo to win by KO in round 7 to 12 at plus 500 at bet 365 or bet 365 uh, is great value, in my opinion. Um, I'm actually appearing on the Action Network podcast to preview the fight, so I'll go into much more detail there. I don't think there's any need here for the Gamble On audience uh, to, to go into a lot of detail, but just trust me, it's a fine pick. 40 bucks to win 200. The fight ending in a draw is plus 1,600 at most books, but as high as plus 2,000 at DraftKings. I think that's worth a sprinkle. A draw is possible here. Both guys have had draws before, so let's toss in $15 to win 300 on that. We can get Charlo to be knocked down two or more times at plus 1,400. That's way too big a payout on a realistic scenario, so let's do 20 bucks to win 280. And here's the craziest price of all. Both fighters to be knocked down sometime in the first six rounds. So Canelo needs to be knocked down between rounds one through six, and so does Charlo. It's very unlikely, but FanDuel has it at plus 18,000. That's 180 to one. Flash knockdowns happen all the time. I'd consider betting this at like 60 to one. So 180 to one. Good God, we got to do it. Let's do 10 bucks to win 1,800. And then one quick undercard bet. Uh, I can see a draw in the Jordanus Ugas Mario Barrio fight. Uh, perfectly possible outcome there. It's 16 to 1 plus 1,600. So let's go $15 to win 240. I like these long shots. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice to get us back. Any, 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 any one of them hits, and, uh, and, and we're looking good, and especially if the $1,800 long shot hits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, give me Jamar Chase over six and a half receptions, minus 135 at BetMGM. Uh, Titans are the pass funnel. Uh, they're Chase basically moved into the slot last week, you know, with Burrow, like, hobbled. Mm. Uh, he was, like, playing slot at, like, triple his career rate. Uh, assuming nothing changes this week, I think this is another, like, you know, easy over to me. Um, famous last words. <laughs> 100 at minus 135. I mean, 135 at minus yeah. 135. And uh, while we're here, let's just uh, give me 50 on the parlay, the two things together at plus 225. Okay, 50 at plus 225 on the two overs hitting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I've done a bunch of boxing bets so far that most of our listeners have little interest in. Uh, but my final bet this week will be NFL. A little something for the for the casuals out there. Uh, Two-team money line parlay. This is at points bet. I'm planning a flag on the Vikings winning this week at Carolina. Minnesota's 0-3. It's an absolute must-win or their season is over. They've been in every game this year. Variance has caught up with them after their insane run last year. Uh, They're now 
0-3 all by one score this season after being, I think, what, 11-0 in one-score games last yeah. year or something like that. So they're not a bad team. Uh, they're minus 180 on the money line on the road against the Panthers. I like that price. I just can't see the Vikings losing this game. They want it, need it too bad, and, and have too much talent to start 0-4. And then a slight underdog I like. The Bucks at the Saints. Bucks are plus 145. Derek Carr hasn't been ruled out yet, but I'm 99% sure he isn't playing. It's Jameis Winston, who took over with a 17-0 lead over the Packers and couldn't get the Saints any more points, and they lost 18-17. And yeah, the Bucks got their asses kicked by the Eagles, but the Saints are not the Eagles. I'm not giving up on Baker, uh, who, uh, despite the bad loss, his odds for comeback player of the year actually went down from 25 to 1 to 15 to 1. Uh, he can still get it if they win this division. But uh, this is more about what I see the Bucks defense doing against Winston, who has thrown 96 picks in 87 career games. That's a lot. Uh, so to me, this is a toss-up game at worst for the Bucks, but they're plus 145. We combine them with the Vikings, and it's plus 281. Let's go $50 to win 141. All right. My last bet for the bankroll here. I think it's the first time I'm putting together a single game parlay, my friend. Uh, we're going to FanDuel for this. Okay. It's a three-legger. Over 46. It's the Bears-Broncos game. Over okay. 46 points. Anytime first half touchdown for Marvin Mims. Anytime first half touchdown for Justin Fields. Hmm. 25 bucks at 42.38 to win 1,060. Wow. Okay. So here, here's here, here yes, it is. Break it down. Two desperate teams. Desperate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two t- teams that cannot play defense. All right. So I was originally just going to go over, take the over, you know, but I'm like, eh, let me see if I can, you know. Mims is going to see the field more. To keep him off the field is outrageous. Fields, I, th- I think this is hair on fire. I think it's hair on fire from the from the jump, which is why I'm doing first half touchdowns and not anytime touchdowns. Right. So I, this is, I mean, it's a stupid bet. Like, let's not pretend. <laughs> right. But I, but I like it, and I, I like it. I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with it. That's it. I'm okay. Done. It's a, it's a stupid bet that each leg makes some sense. Uh, the chances of all three legs hitting, of course, that's reflected in the odds. But uh, sure, why not? This is, by the way, this is 100% like 35-28 hit the over, 100% Justin Fields scoring on the first drive, and 100% Marvin Mims being tackled at the one. 100%. Yes. Being tackled at the one and then like hobbling off the field and not playing another snap. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, All right. We wrap things up with bagels and locks, and they truly are locks. Based on the huge sample size of one week, we are masters of this. Uh, Jeff, you're 1-0 after taking Seattle minus 6. I'm 1-0 after taking the Jets team total under 17.5. Let's keep it going. Uh, my lock this week is a player prop. It's the Lamar Jackson passing yards under. And this is really a bet on the Browns defense, which has been absolutely sick this year. They allowed three points against the Bengals, three points against the Titans, and only lost to the Steelers in week two because their offense handed the Steelers defense two touchdowns. Joe Burrow threw for 82 yards against them. Uh, Kenny Pickett threw for 222, but most of it was one big 71-yard touchdown to Pickens. Then last week, Tannehill threw for 104. Lamar's prop is low here, as it should be. It's just 200.5 is what I'm seeing uh, on Thursday morning. I still love the under. 
He's only averaging uh, 203 passing yards per game, and none of those defenses are anywhere near as good as Cleveland's. This is going to be one of those low-scoring, grinded-out AFC North rivalry games. I just don't see Lamar getting to 200 passing yards. He's averaged 175.6 passing yards per game in his career. Uh, So under 200.5 yards for Lamar. Lock. Lock it in. All right, I'm going just back to the Bears-Broncos and just going with the over. I got it at 45 and a half at DraftKings, so that's what I'm doing. I, I think I, I, I have a hard time seeing this game not, you know, go over. Desperate teams, terrible defense, like, let's go. Makes sense. Uh, I just, I I would be hesitant myself. If That's uh, your lock, not my lock, I understand. Yeah, yeah. But hesitant to place a lock on the assumption that Justin Fields can do something competent and put up some points. That's that's they, where I'd be kind of nervous here. I think they're they're they the the coaching clearly is foolish there. I mean, let let the guy do what he can do. Right. Like this is like this is like boss shit 101. You you don't hire an employee who can do XYZ and then tell him to do ABC. Right. Like don't hire that guy in the first place. You have Fields, he runs faster stronger than any other quarterback probably in our lifetime. Right. Let the guy fucking run. Right. And 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 has demonstrated he really can't throw yes. the ball at all. So, no. yeah. Yeah. Just let it, let him go. Just yeah. let him go. All right. We'll see uh we'll see if this uh, comes in for you. Hopefully we're both 2 and 0 in bagels and locks by the time we reconvene. And that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks everybody out there for listening and thanks again to this week's guest Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and Jeff at Jeff Edelstein and follow US Bets at US underscore bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else. And with that, Jeff, please take us out. I a fair warning. This has nothing to do with gambling. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just need to get this out there for anyone who wants to be a millionaire one day. Uh, disrupt the field of dentistry. All right. Listen, I, I, I had to go to the dentist earlier this week. I, I hate going to the dentist, okay, which which isn't breaking news because everyone fucking hates going to the dentist. Even dentists hate dentists. Did you know that dentists have some of the highest suicide rates in the nation? It makes sense, right? Even though they're helping you, they are inflicting pain all day long. It's got to wear on you. You know, so, yeah, there's sedation dentistry. But getting knocked out to fill a cavity does seem a little bit like overkill. So let's think Let's think outside the box here. Let's, let's get a bar at the dentist office. Like – a regular bar where you could mm. people just can hang out, but you could also like get a drink before you go in to get a cavity filled. Or how about this? This is this one is brilliant. How about models in underwear, like male or female, up to you. You get to pick sure. as hygienists. Those are the hygienists, like Victoria's Secret style models cleaning your teeth. Who says no to this? I now I want to go to the dentist. All right, you want to tie it into gambling? I'll tie it into gambling. How about over under on whether or not the root canal is going to fail in like a five year span? You know, that's so why I can put a little money on it. Give me anything. Give me anything to make going to the dentist more fun. That's it. Fucking dentist. I, I listen, I'm, I'm liable to never go back and wait, well, wait for it. Gamble on with my tooth help or teeth help. I have a lot of teeth left.